If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, everybody. It's Mind Pump Hi guys. time. Look, for the first 43 minutes, uh, we don't talk a whole lot about fitness, but we do have fun. It's our introductory part of our episode. Here's what we talked about for the first 43 minutes. We start out by talking about Justin's Brain FM Focus. He's been using Brain.FM. I got uh, some hacks for you guys. Some of that, that music to get him more focused. We love their product. If you go to Brain.FM forward slash Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off. They have focus. They have beats that will help you sleep um, and more and much more. Then we talk about Justin's burger post. He did a cheeseburger post. You want to guess who the buns were? Hey. Yeah, you will never guess. Then we talked about Good Wipes. That's our good friends uh, that we worked with a long time ago. They're now at Target. Uh, Adam called this a long time ago. He was using baby wipes on his delicate butthole years ago. Yeah. Then we talked about Speaking Planet clean. Fitness taking over. Damn it. Uh, I bring up an artificial We're losing, everybody. I bring up an artificial sweetener study. Uh, we talk about the game seven of the Sharks. Great basketball game. Then we talked about <laughs> Dude, stop. Sorry. Yeah. Then we talked about Organifi's new liver detox supplements uh, and how we like to use it or how we're going to try using it when we drink alcohol. Organifi, of course, makes amazing organic supplements, including protein powders, green powders, red powders, uh, gold powders, and of course their liver detox. If you go to organifi.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then uh, Justin brought up Disney's Mandalorian. That's a new series. Yeah. We talk about John Travolta's super creepy Instagram page. Um, and then Justin rants about the homeless people Man, in Santa I went Cruz. off in this intro, didn't I? It was a good time. Yikes. Uh, then we get into the fitness part of this episode. The first question. We discuss the differences between a strict overhead press and a push press. We talk about the benefits and the detriments of each and when to use each. The next question was, this person is trying to burn body fat. Is progressive overload, a.k.a. lifting weights, as important as a caloric deficit or is it just the caloric deficit that matters? The next question was, we talk about running all the time, but what about walking? What are some pointers that we can give for walking correctly, and what are the benefits of walking on your health, fat loss, and muscle gain? And the final question, this person's a personal trainer. They have a client that wants super intense boot camp style classes, but that's not appropriate for them. How can they communicate to this client that they need to be doing, they need to be doing different workouts for their goals? Also, this month, our most effective fat burning program in the short term that we have is MAPS HIT and it's 50% off. Now, HIT stands for high intensity interval training. This program is designed all around that with barbells, dumbbells, and body weight. There's three levels of fitness in this program. It's very well made. It's made for those of you who want to burn body fat quickly. Remember, it needs to be done appropriately low. This program, half off. Here's what you do go to MAPS HIT. Dot com m a p s h i i t dot com and use the code hit fifty h i i t five zero for the discount. Also, if you want to check out our other Maps programs, we have other Maps programs for different goals. Just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Hit me up. Uh, so soothing. That's, is that focus? 
Yeah. This is like, okay. If <laughs> you're if you're a professional brain FM user like myself, you've gone through like the focus sessions, but you realize there's more music options. Yeah, you gotta teach me how to do that because I was trying to find it after the last time you showed us and I can't find where under the under focus or whatever, there's different categories, and that's the classical that's the one I use, the classical focus. Dude, I, I can't even tell you. Like I use it like almost every day. Like every time I'm reading something, I just put that in the background and it helps to kind of block out all this like noise and distraction. But yeah, that's my favorite section. You have to go to like the right hand corner for the drop down menu. Oh, where the more at okay. yeah you okay. do more and then like there's there's even like nature and there's all kinds of other different options for focus and and some of the other ones like the uh the meditation and so they they give like even more i, I don't even know if people know that like it's more than just like the five options they give it works yeah. the science uh freaks me out a little bit <laughs> i know it, it works almost too well well that's dude. what i'm saying like that's yeah. you know what they say with great power comes great responsibility or as jim quick would say with great responsibility <laughs> comes great, great power, power. Yeah, reverse it mind blown yeah no it's uh it works so well it's a little bit like that science is a little bit scary i know it it's interesting yeah you just imagine them playing it on loudspeakers to like a crowd or something everybody's like yeah yeah i will buy yes from you i will do anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it, but the, but it fucking works, dude. So if yeah. I, well, Justin's been on. I love it, dude. Justin's been on fire, dude. Did you see the the burger post that he had made? No. Everybody, oh yeah, the one with the the every, bun where every, Doug's the bun. Oh dude, everybody thought I was, I was roasting everybody. Everybody thought that me. was a butcher box ad that they had created, and that was just something that Justin had created. But man, it went gangbusters on there. It's still going. That's you came up with that over in when we were at Oakland, right? Yeah, Oakland when we were having our little retreat. Dude, that uh, was business. Retreat. That was hilarious. This is what Justin does well. We'll be talking about something, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I go like, off in the corner. We're like a burger. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, you're the meat. Yeah. It's not so stupid. Like when you say it like that. He's yeah. like, Sal, you're the lettuce. But it's true. I'm like, Adam, how many fucking edible it like shot came, did you It like up? comes to me in waves, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't stop it. I got like waves keep coming right now. That's so. creative brilliance. It's like a hundred things that nobody understands. Yeah. One home run. I'm just glad we're in a yeah. place that you can now you can right. give it to somebody, somebody can create it for you and then it can come to life. I know because before I, that it's hard to describe. I'm like, guys, no, listen, this is how I want it. And I remember it like, doesn't work. There were two ideas that I remember. The one was the time you were explaining ramp water. Everybody knows that. Then the other yeah. one was when we were <laughs> epic fail. When we designed Maps Prime and oh, yes. we were writing Maps Compass part. It was the it was by far <laughs> the hardest program we've ever did. Oh, Dude, we were really stretching ourselves and, it just then disappears. He yeah. goes like for like it was like two and a half hours. You were just in your own world. I was trying to make sense of it. And dude. he comes back and he's like, We're gonna design this like color graph and this Adam and I are like, What is that? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to organize it. I'm like, and then there's this compass and the wheel. We actually ended up using the compass, yeah, but yeah, just, yeah. just the term of it. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's how my brain works. He had like dude. two or three pages written of stuff. I know. Like yeah. hella deep, dude. Yeah, yeah, way too far. Yeah. <laughs> you know what do, you know you ever think of like uh, inventions or ideas that are ahead of their time and then 50 years later, they oh. come out with it, and they're like, fucking that dude said that shit 50 years ago. What are you talking ago? about, dude? Like, I'm the, I am that guy. You know, come up with stuff way too ahead of its time. <laughs> you know? That is 100% me. You're too brilliant. It's just too much. You're yeah. too, it's too much. It's like, you know, uh, uh, well, Smashing Pumpkins oh. is kind of an example, but I feel like they're way ahead of their time. But they are still popular, though. Yeah. Yeah. What are some examples of that? I'm trying to think of examples of when people came out with things, and it was just too... 
Like, wasn't the 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 Macintosh Lisa that was kind of ahead of its time, oh, right? Was right. that the, the first? That was a fail. Yeah, it was the first like personal computer that was kind of, and he was on the right track. He was definitely on the right track, but yeah. yeah, it took a while to refine that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few other examples I can't think of right now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but it, it worked, dude. The burger. Yeah. All right. Cool. How, well, yeah, what is it again when one lands? What is it again? It's it's uh, Adam is the sauce. Adam's the sauce. I mean, we knew that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You provide the nutrients. I'm the I'm the lettuce. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, the thin piece <laughs> like, of lettuce. Yeah. Like you nourish us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like the the tasty fat. You know? Yeah. Like anything cheese and bacon related, <laughs> of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, and then Butcher Box was like the natural, you know, go to for and the meat. Dugs the buns that hold D- us together. Dugs the buns that, that ties us all together. Like you, that could have easily been you, though. You could also be the buns for obvious reasons. No, Doug uh, is that. It well, makes, he holds uh, it together. Yeah, because yeah, it. Uh, yeah, but Justin's the, the flavor. Of the it. flavor of the show, dude. of course. No, but I'm thinking buns. I'm doing more of a direct. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, spicy sauce, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's why that's it that's works. so much better. That's the obvious thing. Everybody yeah. makes the 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 butt jokes on Justin, which I'm sure yeah. he's like. I'm okay. like, okay, all right, dude. Let's that's, cheese butt. And, yeah, like what in Star Wars? You know, that's that's <laughs> gonna be on my fucking tombstone. <laughs> it'll just. Yeah. <laughs> It'll I'm going to have, like, that. a peach emoji, cheese, and, like, you know, some Star Wars character. We're all going to be, like, sad and stuff. And yeah. Like, uh, you lower him in there on the tombstone. Like, like, that's what I left the world. Like, Justin, cheese, butt, yeah. and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Do you see our boys? Uh, do you see our boy Sam over with uh, Good Wives? Uh, no. Oh, Good Wives. Dude, yeah, so right. cool to see I them, know. man. I'm, that's, I'm so, they're in Target. Yes, every Target. That's huge, dude. That's yeah. major. It's yeah. cool because that was one of the very first companies. Um, that, they were the fir- one of the first ones to like want to work with us. Yeah, we linked up with them way, <laughs> way early on at Mind Pump before we were doing any sort of advertising or marketing with anybody. And they were just a, a baby company. We were a baby company and just loved what they were doing. I loved their their message. I'm a wipes guy. That's how we got connected after that that uh, episode that we did. Oh, it made way too much sense. I mean, you, that was your whole thing in the beginning was like trying to tell, convince people, like, get rid of, you know, the toilet paper. There's uh, other options. Yeah, yeah like, but what? I just, I love the, I mean, if you, I don't know the last time you guys had checked up on them, but their uh, their marketing is really cool. So they, they got like little sayings on all the all the packages that you open up and they're funny and witty and they their advertising's on the edgy side kind of like liquid death so mm-hmm. yeah. they're making some cool moves man so super proud of those guys shout out to them man it's how many been- stores how many target stores are there a bajillion. There's yeah. tons, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much going to guarantee that you're going to sell way more. It's oh, one of the few retail like stores that's still kicking ass. Like All the rest of them are like pretty much dinosaurs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was te- we were texting back. And oh, back- there's 18, over 1,800. Yeah, just to fill those orders has to be insane. Can you imagine what it would be to just fill that? Gosh, like, just dang. just fill the order because obviously they every store wants more than two. I wonder <laughs> if saying so. I wonder if they did a test first. I'm sure they did, right? They tested a few stores. Yeah, well, I knew they were. I think they got into CVS first uh, <clears throat> for some locations, but the Target was the big. To, to be in every single Target is a is a big fucking deal. That's, wow. a, that's a really deal. cool, and it's it, cool because it's, that's a growing market, right? The whole uh, wet wipe for adults. Yeah, because I didn't hear anything about it uh, five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, I remember when I first told you, you were like, yeah. "What?" Yeah, well, because well, they got to be flushable, right? Because that was the thing. It was like you don't want to just like wipe and then throw it in the trash can. It's yeah, nasty. Thought, yeah, and I, yeah, I was <laughs> in <introduced. laughs> so gross. Yeah, what's in your garbage? Oh, oh, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. there's like flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, when I first met you, Adam. I come to your house and I walk in your bathroom. I'm like, they don't have kids. Why are there? Kids butt wipes here in front oh, of the yeah. this is weird, kind of yeah. weird. 
What does he use it for? I'm thinking bodybuilding stuff. Like, oh, does he use right. it like Baby to wipe? Wipes, yeah. yeah, I'm like, does he use it to wipe off like the tanning stuff? Or I don't. know. This is kind of weird. <laughs> and then you told us why you use it, and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I've been on that for like Doesn't make shit. Sense. Fuck, I'm 30, so it's tw- 15 years now. You've been using it for 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, I was wow. In a, it was a it was a, a stripper tip, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was back now, I didn't get back, back when you were stripping. <laughs> yeah, no. stock back, advice. Back when I was so, yeah. dating strippers. When, when you were doing the, uh, the 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 spread on the pole yeah, dance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but it was some of the best. It was be- some of the best Those advice that was ever given to me, man. I, I passed that along to to any dude. Like nobody nobody wants their business smelling like you know like no. yucky poo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like no <laughs> yucky poo. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying no like yucky poo. Yeah, way to kill the mood for your girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She goes downtown. It's like oh, bro. Oh. Yeah, you got the yucky poo going on. Yeah, man. Do, do do you start with the with the regular toilet paper and then finish with the? That's I forgot you had a strategy. Yeah, I conserve. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'm not trying to waste. So mm-hmm. you know that just I use, I use uh, one just one of the 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 little wipes after after the fact. Sometimes it needs two. Just depends. Mm-hmm. Depends, depends on, on what you ate the day before. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> that's okay. terrible. Yeah, mud butt. What's up? What did you post about Planet Fitness? Our favorite uh, gym of all time. Oh, dudes. Oh, you know wow. it's uh, it's tough. <laughs> It's tough to hate on them because we we hate their their strategy. Their but as far as a business, they're crushing, dude. They they're so they're opening up two hundred and this week, right? They'll be opening up. Uh, or excuse me, this week they said this that they're going to be opening up two hundred twenty five gyms just this year alone. So they're 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 going to be this year alone. Yes, aren't and they, they have taking over? Aren't they taking over all the old Toys R Us, Us and the old Sears? Oh, I hate them even more now. Which, I know. Toys R Us like, is fucking. I would much rather have Toys R Us. Well, yeah. you remember that was the, the the strategy. I remember talking to Masteroff and those guys. Like when you do that, it's so much cheaper to go into a facility like that but, and oh. outfit it for a gym than it is to build a gym ground of course. up. So oh, yeah, that's smart. Taking advantage of, of the real estate, they have eighteen hundred locations right now already. So eighteen hundred. Damn. And then they're opening up another two hundred and twenty-five. Are they a franchise or private? No, they're they're public. They're publicly traded. Public. Four hundred percent. The stock has increased over the last four years. Gosh, dude, they don't even have squat racks there, though, right? They have Smith machines. And you can't do deadlifts. You're not allowed to do deadlifts. You and know, you, and if you work out, if you, if you're, I, I, people have messaged me that they've gotten warnings for being really muscular wearing a tank top. <laughs> yeah. And they said, oh, you're intimidating Warning. our members. I don't understand. Which, look, you're a private organization. You kick, you know, I don't care. You want to kick whoever you want out? That's that's up to you. However, I don't like the double standard. Right. Could you imagine if if they went up to somebody and said, hey, you're too overweight or too, but because this person's muscular, they can say, yeah. you look too a particular way. We need to kick you out. Yeah. And what happens when one of their members starts getting really good results? Oh wait, oh, wait, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, the model, <laughs> well, think about it. The big well, box model has been for a long time. Sell as many memberships as possible and make sure that they don't use the gym. Well, they just they and took, they've capitalized on. They it. took that to the extreme, right? That's right. I mean, they charge ten dollars a month, and they are targeting the what I think is eighty six percent is what I saw the stat of the 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 average uh, non gym goer. So that's who they're going after. They're not going after all the people. They're that, not fighting for the same scraps. No, they're not fighting for all the people that already have gym memberships. <laughs> they're looking to try and entice the people that are on the fence or probably never even really thought about going to the gym, but go, oh, wow, for $10 a month and I get free pizza, that pretty much cancels it out. That's a no-brainer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, that's literally the the model is you you $10 a month and, oh, by the way. Once a month yeah, or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. once a month we have unlimited pizza and you're like, well, shit, I can do the math here. I normally pay $2, $3 a slice. I could eat four or five slices. <laughs> 
I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's, I mean so at the end of the day, maybe one day I'll go to the gym to work out. I don't know, but I'll definitely go down there and get some pizza. And it's so cheap that right. that because the model has always been that it's it's too inexpensive to cancel. So yeah. here you are, you're at home, you're looking through your bank account, and you you see, oh, there's that gym membership I keep paying. I haven't gone for six months. And then you think to yourself, eh, it's only 10 bucks a month. Yeah. And you know what? They got free pizza. I can go down there if I want and have free pizza. And I, I probably should work out. I'll just keep it. It's so cheap that you don't, it's you brilliant. don't cancel it. It's a brilliant, it's a, it's a brilliant mm. model from a business perspective. Did you, you see just though, hate to see it. Did you, it, I don't yeah. know if you guys, somebody sent me a message from their Planet Fitness where they had the unlimited pizza day. And there was a sign that said, uh, two slices per person, please. I guess people were going in there and <laughs> of course. going hog wild. Yeah, and they were going nuts. On, uh, uh, yeah, on- that's what you get. You're attracting those people. You're trying. To, I guarantee there is a good portion of those people that sign up for that exact reason. Sure, sure. I mean, that's the. Way, I sure. mean, that's there, how, there are some people that go though and are very. I've had. I've. Oh no! With people no, that are very consistent. no! Of course, we have members that. I mean, we have listeners that tell me that Planet Fitness is the only gym. Yeah, it's in their, the only option, right? In their yeah. in their area. So I, I mean, get that. Yeah, that's get another that. thing too. I get that a lot. They're the only gym in my area. Yeah. That's got to be part of their strategy is to go to these towns that don't have they a big no box options. gym. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they open it. Uh, they they open it with uh, uh, in these towns without any clubs, so they can attract all these people for cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, interesting. It's, no, it's a it's a brilliant model. Very interesting. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, did you guys see the artificial sweetener study that came out? That's just another one. Uh, yeah. No. So I saw it on our forum, and I saw the you know the pushback. You know the the lane fans, the correlation causation thing. No, no. What it is is uh, so so. Here's the thing with artificial sweeteners. The current research shows that it's probably not toxic, you know, highly likely that it's safe for when it's used for the amount of time that they study them for, which, you know, these studies are typically, you know, months or whatever. They're not these super long-term, you know, controlled studies. And that's because it's real hard to do. It would be really hard to do this really long controlled study uh, on humans without having them live in a laboratory and, and, and do all that so stuff. So what yeah. exactly is it saying? Well, it's just another study that shows that people who consume lots of artificially sweetened products uh, are heavier. They, they they gain more body fat. And mm. it's part of the reason, I don't know if it's the artificial sweeteners, I doubt it, although there are some studies that show that there's some interesting insulin, uh, insulin resistance effects on the microbiome of the gut. I don't think that's what's causing the weight gain, though, although that's something you want to pay attention to. Um, I think it's what we've all experienced as trainers, training people. I know that when I have clients who go and consume lots of artificially sweetened sodas and drinks and, and foods, that it only gets them to eat more of other foods. It gets them to crave more of these sweet foods. It, it's a hyper palatable type of food. It's not part of a good food relationship. And people just tend to consume more calories as a result. Um, and so I, I, you know, Putting artificial sweeteners or artificial, you know, artificially sweetened sodas in somebody's nutrition plan as part of their healthy nutrition plan or as a part of a plan to help them get in better shape. It's kind of weird. I don't think it's a good strategy. I never no, did. No, I think it's a terrible strategy. Yeah, you guys ever have clients that use them and it's real successful and whatever? Or typically, doesn't it turn into a kind of a replacement, but then they add other stuff into their diet? Oh, That's yeah, usually totally. what I see. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it's all about the flavor still, like all that stuff. Like it's just like it reinforces that sort of mentality. Yeah, I think what we have to understand. And, and well, look, you you said something a while back, Sal, that I think is is just this is the way I think I like to try and live my life, which is this philosophy of instead of like until it's proven that it's going to hurt you, I'm going to do it. 
I'm the other way around. Like I'd rather I'd rather be on the safe side, and until it's proven that it's healthy or good for me, I would rather I'd rather guilty lean on until that. proven innocent. Yeah, yeah, like it's the opposite. I think I'm that, that way too. And, and I think that's the and I think for fitness people and that are fitness leaders in our space, I just think it's irresponsible to to push that agenda that oh it's totally fine. It's like well we don't know enough. For us to be sure of that, and I'd rather be completely sure before I say that to someone. And so, and and I've openly admitted on the show before about uh, you know drinking diet cokes, and that's been like a an addiction of mine for a very long time. And you know, I, I'm very aware of it. Like it's it's one of those things that when I allow it in the house, it can it can go from one one every other couple of days a week to all of a sudden three in a day. I mean, right. so- I watch myself scale to that relatively fast. And we, you know, right now we're on one of our breaks from them. So I don't have them in the house right now. And I haven't had them for a few weeks now, but after a while, you know, Katrina will say, Hey, do you, do you want to do any diet Cokes? Do you want them? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and buy one case and, and, and bring it in. And when I bring it in, I do the same. It's like, Oh, it's been, I haven't been having it. So I'm good. So I'll, you know, only when I'm eating a certain meal where I, that I would crave to normally have Pepsi, I'll have this diet Coke. Cause I prefer, and I've shared this too, uh, because I know you, you just would drink a regular Coke. I don't like regular Coke. I think it's too sweet. Uh, but I like diet Coke. And so I will drink that. And then what I notice is because I have the case in the refrigerator or whatever, then, you know, the next day I end up having another one. And then the next day after that, I have another one. The next, then, then a day I notice I have two. And then I've seen myself get three in a day before. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy how fast. Well, that's the, see, this is, this is a good topic here because I think people associate the negatives of particular foods solely with the fact that it contains calories or that it contains sugar. But there are other negatives as well. So even though the sodas that you're drinking, Adam, don't have calories in them. So a lot of people are thinking, well, what's the what's the harm? Who cares if you drink a bunch of them? There's no calories. There are other effects. And one of those effects is that how it changes your behaviors. You start with one and you find yourself having more and more and more of them. Right. That bleeds over into other aspects of the way that you eat food and the way you value food. And yes, food can be valued and, and it should be at times for its its taste and its its flavor and the hedonistic value. But if that's all we value, you're never going to get past. Uh, you're never going to get to the point where you have a really good, healthy relationship um, with food. And that's what these things encourage. It's like uh, it's like no consequences. Uh, but here's your. Uh, it, you know what it reminds me of? It would be like if we had um, artificially intelligent robots that seem like humans. And you could be like, hey, have sex with them, murder them, do whatever you want with them. It doesn't matter because the robots are not hurting anybody. Mm. Do, you, do you really think there would be no negatives, even though you're not hurting a human? Uh, do you really think there's no negatives? That's a to- show on Netflix. Did you ever watch that? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, I forget what it was called, but uh, that was like the whole premise was you know, th- that uh, they were replacing everybody with these robots that they could just do whatever they want up in this cloud. And um, basically there was this whole like thing where they would go up and, and, and just do like all that crazy shit, like murder them, rape them, all this kind of stuff. And and obviously, you know, that came back to haunt them. Right, right. It's and it's the behaviors uh, that you're training. Yeah. That's it. And so I'm not saying don't do it. It's I mean, I, I see it. I see it right. in myself, you know, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I don't think it's right to demonize it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, it could be a lesser evil at times. I, you know, I don't think it's uh, something that we should be trying to use scare tactics on people. I think there's I think right now we have this like extreme. We have like the 
the, the Lane Norton side of it, which borderline promotes it. And then you have the other side, like the wellness that do the fear mongering. I think that you have these two extremes where I kind of find myself somewhere in the middle of, hey, I recognize this isn't the most ideal thing I could put in my body. I recognize this is probably taking, even I, I noticed it takes away from my water intake. Mm-hmm. If I'm drinking three Diet Cokes in a day, I'm most certainly not hitting my gallon of water or whatever I'm doing. So I'm replacing something like water with this Diet Coke. I don't think that's an ideal situation. And I don't know enough about the long-term effects of me consistently doing this. Probably not the greatest thing for me to do. But I'm also not going to beat myself up over it, think it's the, cra- the worst thing in the world, but I'm going to be aware of it. And I'm going to try and put good habits and behaviors in of not allowing myself to always introduce it into the diet. So I think that's, to me, that's the real answer it, to this. It, and it's, the, it's really, it's our attempt at eliminating all the symptoms of a behavior rather than looking at the fact that the behavior itself uh, can also be a problem. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's look at the behavior. Forget the behavior. You're gaining fat. Let's Let's handle all the facts that you're you know, all the things that are going to make you fat. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change that the behavior itself can cause other problems. So it's it's obvious to me that people who consume, consistently consume artificially sweetened sodas and foods also tend to consume more calories and other foods and also tend to not have great relationships to food. And this especially goes to the whole fitness world where these guys and girls who look shredded or whatever, and they because they're able to maintain their calories where they need to be, they have some of the worst food relationships of all time. Uh, lots of binging, lots of restricting, lots of problems uh, around and stress around food. Just because they look shredded doesn't mean that they've solved uh, the issue with food. In fact, uh, like I said, oftentimes they have more issues uh, with food. Right. So anyway. Yeah. What was uh? What, what, you were talking about some the the game, uh, the sharks game. Who was talking about that? Oh, I, I've got the. You're so funny. How oblivious you are to what's going uh, on right now. <laughs> the sharks are in. So I you I shared the video uh, last series with the sharks. Right? Did you see that with the game seven where we went crazy? That I told you just that, beat the knights. Oh right, uh, right. They yeah, said it was like the best game. Of yeah, all that time. was like the all time best <clears throat> game ever. It was a game in game game sevens already are like you know I can only count on one hand probably. Uh, between basketball and hockey and football, of well, not there's no game seven in football, but yeah. playoff games that came down to the the final game like that that I've been to, uh, baseball would be example of that. So there, I can only count on one hand. So t- I'm, tonight I'll be at the game seven again. So this is the next the next series we're playing in Colorado, and we're now down to a game seven. So I'll be there at home tonight watching that, which is. They're just it's do or die. It's do or die. It's wow, been a, so they're doing it again where yeah, they went all the way. Yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always fun to watch watch those. What's games. the furthest the sharks have gotten? So we made it all we well, we've made it all the way down to the semifinals. Semi, so yeah. Yeah. never to the finals. No. The year that the the we just had like it's been what, I think it's been uh, six years, I wanna say. Uh, someone will correct me on that. We lost to the Kings. Um, mm, we were that. we were up on them uh, on a series. They came back, won four games in a row to to beat us. They went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. So that was like to me, even though we weren't in the the conference finals that year, that was the the first or second series we played them, and they went on to win the whole thing. And we were up on them three games to none, mm. and they came back on us and did that, That's which so is brutal. Yeah, that, that was a tough. That, <laughs> that was a was tough. So if this, if they win this round, then we go, then we go on to the uh, Western Conference Finals, and then you then you go off to the then, then you go the on, Stanley Cup. Then yes. Stanley. So this will be the semifinal. If they win this, they go yeah. to the semis. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow! Exciting. Yeah, When's no. the game? Tonight. 
Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be there. I'll be there tonight. And you're hyped. Look for me. Yeah, I'm totally hyped. I mean, these these are my. What time is the game? Six. How long does it go till? Mm, typically three hours, two two and a half, three hours. Just depends on if it goes to OT or not, or a lot of penalties. Like, do you find it hard to sleep? Sometimes, yeah. If my because my adrenaline's going afterwards, yeah, it'll be. It's a little tough. Like the last one was crazy. I was like hyped all night long. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Because little... I can imagine you're watching it's the last yeah. game. Oh, game seven, dude! Everybody's gonna be hyped. Yeah, all the players, everybody. Yeah. Do you drink? Um, I haven't on the last couple. Sometimes I do. I wouldn't tonight. Uh, I, I if it's a game where I got to be back up, I'm gonna be here early tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning. So. Well, I was gonna say if you do drink, uh, have you tested the Organifi Detox uh, capsules or whatever? So I I did not the capsules. I've done the the powder where we did the. No, uh, that's the immunity. I did the oh. detox the other day. Did because that's their new product. I yeah. haven't tried it yet. No, I haven't it? tried it. See, I don't know when the protocol like to take. I took it like after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if preventatively that might be a better strategy or not. Like, do they say in the uh, <laughs> I would directions? Ass- I would assume you would drink it. Uh, you would take it's not specifically for drinking alcohol, but the, mm-hmm. some of the, the compounds in there. It's got natural diuretic, and it's got. Uh, I was just going to ask you, what's in it? Uh, milk thistle, dandelion uh, root. Um, I can't remember the rest. Maybe Doug could look it up. But uh, I know milk thistle has been shown to. Uh, improve liver, uh, the, the some of the measurements that we use in, in blood tests for for liver values, like some of the enzymes. Uh-huh. Um, and milk thistle has been used for a long time for helping people with uh, liver detox. Now, if you drink, obviously, that's why I'm thinking it would make yeah, sense. I know exactly. Now, kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah, milk milk thistle has been something that for a long time in the bodybuilding community that you would use whenever you're taking steroids. Yes, that's right. So they would take it with anabolics to help keep their livers uh, healthy. Mitigate some of the, yeah. Well, it's got antioxidants. Now, I don't recommend it for steroids. I don't know how effective milk thistle is, especially if you're taking toxic, uh, you know, things to, for your liver. It's right. been a staple. But, it still is. Well, it's, it's okay. So some uh, some countries actually prescribe milk thistle for for mild elevations of, uh, of liver enzymes. Mm. Um, then it has the dandelion root, which is a natural diuretic. Mm-hmm. So it helps you know rid the body of extra water. It's good for your kidneys. Actually, I could see that being a good strategy for somebody who is bloated um, mm-hmm. to see if this helps uh, you know reduce water weight. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested. I'm interested in this new product. I don't always I don't I, know. Yeah. I don't always like the term detox because it gets hammered Me by either. by people in science. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um, the ingredients in there are legit, and they are ones you, that people have used for thousands of years. Do you know, do you understand the mechanisms by which it works? Like, is it is it like speeding up the process that because the, the, the liver is supposed to do this anyways, right? So yeah, the, the liver right. is supposed to be a big filtration system for our body. I haven't researched milk this in a long time, but if I recall, it helps the the when the liver is detoxing because that's what part of what the liver does. Uh, Maybe a better word is like filter, because yeah. isn't that what it's doing really? It's is it not really detoxing? It's um, more like it's filtrating. I think yeah, I think the kidneys would be considered more more filtrating, but yeah, I think the, the liver would be would do that as well. But from what I remember reading years ago, and I haven't done a lot of research recently on milk thistle, but it it helps uh, prevent damage happening to the liver from toxic substances. So like if you drink a lot of alcohol. The liver gets, you know, it detoxes it, right? It, it detoxes the body. Yeah, but if I've, you keep pounding liver, uh, uh, keep pounding alcohol, the liver gets overwhelmed and it starts to become toxic. Right, Doug. Pull up a picture. I, I've definitely seen this before. Pull up a picture of like a an alcoholic's liver. Oh, cirrhosis. Yeah, what it oh. looks like. 
Terrible. Right? Terrible. And isn't that one of the first places, too, that we store store fat, too, isn't you it? You get fatty liver um, if, you, uh, if you're unhealthy, um, if you consume. I know consuming too much fructose has been linked to fatty liver disease. Milk thistle supposedly helps with that as well. But there's other other ingredients in there that are supposed to be good. And, you know, Organifi's reputation so far is that their products deliver. So that's why I said if you're drinking tonight, I'd be interested. Hmm. Take a few of those and see if you notice, you know, if you feel better the the, the next day from hmm. it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll try it. I know we have them here at the studio, so I'll grab yeah. some before I leave. If I drink, I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna drink tonight or not. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's even if it, it even makes sense if you're just having a beer two versus if you're having two or three or four. You know, like it depends on sensitive. You know, <clears throat> I, I I'm I'm not like this anymore, but I used to be like I was recently. I, f- I feel like I, I tolerate alcohol better, but I do know people mm-hmm. that'll have one drink. And they'll just feel terrible yeah. uh, the next day. I know. Yeah, some of my friends like that. Really? Yeah. Dude, uh, like I marked this date on my calendar just recently because like November 12th, I believe, uh, they're coming out with The Mandalorian. Have you guys even heard about this series that uh, no, what is that? Disney's I, coming out with? It's, it's basically their answer to Game of Thrones, but they're utilizing- Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're utilizing the Marvel Star characters. Wars- uh, no, but this is um, this is just through the Star Wars uh, universe. So they're using the Mandalorians was like Boba Fett and like all those guys with the the helmets oh. and everything. Yeah, so they they have th- this whole world that like they've never even shown this world, and so they're like creating this whole thing with uh, John Favreau's the one that's going to be directing it. But uh, apparently, like all the critics and everything are going crazy before it hasn't obviously it hasn't come out, but like they show screenings. Uh, for some of these critics to kind of look through and give their, uh, you know, feedback. And they're just like, dude, this is groundbreaking. So this is, okay, so I shared this. I didn't know this was the name of it. This uh-huh. is what I talked about a, a while back when I first was talking about the, all the moves that Disney was making. The budget is bigger than what Game of Thrones' budget was. Yeah. Which that broke all kinds of records on how much money was spent on, on Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is supposed to rival that. And so they're shooting it. Uh, kind of like, I guess, like Avatar, where everything is green screen behind them. So they're able to like get like really crazy expansive with like all these shots and like what they're able to do with it. And uh, oh, wow, there it is. Yeah. You just brought it up. Yeah. So it's it, cool. it's kind of like, and what's cool about it is I, I liked, you guys like Ro- Rogue One. Did you guys yeah, watch that one? I so did. It's kind of like that, but uh, like it's going to be more realistic. Uh, less like lightsabers and, you know, fantasy and shit. But uh, like, I'm excited about it. Cause it's like, it, it'll show like a whole nother side. Like it's right after return of the Jedi. Basically it was like, it continues on. And this from there. is going to be shown where is the, this on this on their planet. I don't remember what the name of the planet is, but it's no, 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 no. Like oh. what, what, like how do I watch this? It's on Disney, yeah, Disney, Disney's streaming service oh, that they're coming wow, out with. Like dude. this is like their, you know, their crown jewel, like they're coming out with basically. Wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Disney's about it. a smart buy, man. Smart buy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Elliot Hulse. I don't see any sexism in this. Oh. One. <laughs> I don't know, dude. What is he doing? I don't know, guy. What is he doing? Uh, <laughs> Talking about frogs and yeah. stuff. He was, he was, he's like talking about how Disney conditions men because, you know, the princess kisses the frog and the, you know tells us that we're frogs that we're ugly that we need a princess. Yeah, we're we my ugly frog. And I'm like, come on, yeah. dude. No, just, wait, you're wait going too, so no, far now. Way too uh, far, you, dude. Yeah, you're reading real far into this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's once you start to go down a particular path and you, you start to become paranoid and a little bit delusional. Yeah, it's really hard to turn someone back because then what ends up happening is if you tell them, "Hey, man, you're being paranoid and delusional." 
that be, then becomes you then become part of the your target now. Well, no, you become part of the conspiracy. You become oh, right, part right, of the right, big yeah. thing that you're fighting. There's you're, no you're a shill. It's very hard to pull someone out of that. Do you think he's drinking his own Kool Aid, or do you think that's just a smart strategy? I mean, I I feel like that's well, yeah. he just decided at one point like I just need to be more extreme. Well, yeah. are you being de- de- decisive is like what's so important. Divisive, like, divisive. Sorry, that's what's more important is him d- saying like, okay, making a hard stance on something, and it, because it's controversial, it gets people talking about it, more people sharing it, whether you agree or disagree. Well, like, the way I look at it is, anytime you have an extreme movement on one side, there tends to be an extreme reaction on the other side. So, what you've had recently is this, this interesting movement that is coming out that is blaming men for everything and calling everything a patriarchy and everything is oppressive, especially if you're a white uh, male, especially if you're a white Christian male. It's like open season. And so like clockwork, the opposite side will come out where they're going to blame women. They're going to blame feminists. They're going to blame, you know, they're going to use the same tools. It's the same tactics. It's the same tactics. It looks exactly the same. That's what's so frustrating about it. It's the same reason why you see um, the extreme version of uh, Democrats, the extreme liberals coming out right now. It's because they're in reaction to Trump. They're in reaction to his rhetoric. Mm -hmm. So now you have people who are like, Oh, I'm an actual socialist and I'm a Democrat. That would have never flown. Yeah. Like seven, eight years ago, you right. said you were a socialist, they wouldn't elect you. Now it's like it's become part of their their strategy. And it's it's just that whole action reaction thing. You know, extreme over here, we're gonna be extreme over there. You're gonna say we're racist, we're gonna say you're racist too, but we're gonna flip it and it's gonna be yeah. this crazy back and forth. So I I feel like he's kind of this part of this this extreme reaction to a, an extreme action that's that's been happening. Not justifying. I think it's equally as silly and crazy. Yeah, it seems to be getting away from... Uh, somebody asked in my story what I thought about him. Um, and, you know, as far as far as his fitness advice, man, I tell you what, he, he, he had one of the better YouTube channels out there for a very long time as far as putting out really solid, good fitness advice. I mean, uh, when it comes to programming and strength training. I think uh, he's incredibly knowledgeable. And I think that he's one of the few early, early people in YouTube that was putting out really good information. But, you know, like like we were saying the other day, I think he's jumped the shark. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's now in, now he's moving into this political space, which I don't, it it seems like that all these guys tend to do that once they get to a certain, uh, you know, size or popularity or fame, that it's like the the next natural progression is let's get political and 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 do that type Say of bullshit. something crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's because once you reach a certain because you got to put yourself in that in that in that space, right? Once you enough people have told you that you, everything you say is awesome, and if enough people have told you, oh my god, you changed my life, like, yeah. whatever. If that starts to go to your your head a little bit, and then your other ideas now you think are just as valid. <laughs> You've just been sitting on these ideas, yeah, yeah. just brewing. Like, yeah, yeah. right. People want to know this because <laughs> often and, and, they want to know about and, frogs. And oftentimes, exactly, <laughs> fucking princess movies. And oftentimes, we if somebody's really smart in one area, like if you're an amazing artist or an amazing musician or a phenomenal actor, we think that you're really intelligent in other things as well. Right, and so we right. and so and you start to believe that yourself. You know, just because I invented the iPhone doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, know everything about uh, economics or know, uh, you know, how we should, you know, tr- you know, treat certain problems. Or just because I'm a phenomenal actor doesn't mean I have great opinions 
on other things. All you know is that I'm a great actor. So just value me for that. Oh my God. Have you guys seen John Travolta's uh, Instagram that he created? No. Like he it's just got weird, on it. Dude. dude, it's so. What now? Please, please. And uh, like, I forget the comedian's name who who brought this up, but uh, he, he, he took, like, I, it was like the best thing I've ever seen. Like, it's so awkward. It's so crazy. It's just funny to me to see people who have like, like they're super, super famous and, uh, you know, like he flies his own personal private jets all the time and he lives like a, a lifestyle that's just not like we don't relate to it. And he's trying to be all like relatable and like he, he stares at the camera way too long. He's just eh, it's kind of eh. weird. It's so weird. He's like, hey, guys. Yeah, I'm uh, I really over. appreciate the yeah. comments. And like, <laughs> see, look, 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 look. Oh, Tom, Tom Segura. He's the one that like brought it up. I was dying, though. I was like, thank you for this. It's a it's a little bit weird. It's, it's, it's well, you strange. know, what, isn't well, he like one of the like what a lot of these guys are doing? It's like, I don't, I like the guy, but it's just so ta- weird. Taylor and I talk about this actually. Like, what, um, for example, I think, um, Will Smith is doing an incredible job actually. So, yeah, you've got a lot of these mega famous people, John Travolta, Will Smith, that were mega famous, you know, 15 years ago, right? Before all this, yeah, yeah before all this, and they're seeing the rise of these, you know, Instagram celebrities and they're trying to stay relevant. Yeah. And they, you can see the disconnect, though, is what I'm trying to no, highlight. Totally. Yeah. That's a, no, and I agree with you. And I haven't even gone through his page that a lot of the and a lot of them are scrambling. A lot mm-hmm. of them are trying to figure out, like, how do I stay relevant in this time right now where Instagram people are becoming as famous? And we saw, uh, you know, a microchasm of that is when we went to the Olympia or I went to the Olympia like six years ago. And I remember coming in and seeing, you know, Joey Swole and Devin Physique from Shreds with banners and lines of people more than I saw Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman. Like, I mean, nobody was even wanting to talk to them. And every there was just lines of people for these fucking kids that haven't done anything. But I mean, that we're in that we're in that uh, shift right now. So you see some of these guys you know, starting to realize like, oh shit, if I'm going to keep selling or making money or stay relevant, I've got to make myself into something on social media platforms. And there, some of them have no fucking clue. Yeah. yeah. And not only, uh, yeah. not only that, but there's great. A lot of uh, artists and actors are really, they come out of their shell and they're really good at acting a character. Yeah. But then when they become themselves, Michael Jackson's a great example. Yeah. Had you never heard Michael Jackson in, in an interview and all you ever did was saw him perform, you would think he was this charismatic, 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 extroverted, like whatever. But then you're like, whoa, this guy's kind of weird. A lot of these actors are like that. So when they do their Instagram themselves, you're like, whoa, it's shocking. No, I've noticed that, especially with actors. Because, I mean, it is. That's that's part of the craft is to be able to become somebody else. And and I think a lot of times they forget how to be themselves. You know, they're just like, oh. Or they're just awkward. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just doesn't gel. Dude, did you see the the article that's being, I think it was shared in our forum, Justin, on the, the homeless camp in Santa Cruz? Oh my god! Oh, you've Did you see how I've, big? No, no, I didn't. I've, I've tried to bring. I've tried Bro, it's like not to bring this up because I feel like I'm just going to go on a crazy rage and rant about it. Because here's here's what you have to understand. Okay, so this encampment just kind of started out of nowhere. There was like this little adjacent space next to like a little strip mall. Well, you say it's little. The video it, showed it's not little. It's huge. Well, it started as little. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Like there was like one or two tents. And then it became like, yeah, like 50 tenths. They smash all in this one uh, specific lot right off the freeway. But the thing is, there's a homeless shelter like designated to help homeless people uh, 
literally right across the street. Mm. And they just decided that, no, we don't, they won't let us do drugs in here. So we're going to go right here and just camp. That's it. And so now they're there doing drugs openly. Three people died of overdose. What is, what is like some of the community do? Their answer to it was to go give them more needles, Mm. fresh needles. Oh. And here's the thing. You might think you're doing something good because, oh, maybe they're not going to like share diseases or whatever. But you know where those needles end up? In the fucking creek. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then into the ocean and where my kids play. And I'm not fucking okay with that. Yeah, no. In fact, w- w- one thing that they did that that was insane was God, what from a what I read. Situation. Well, yeah. they gave them a bunch of free needles uh, to prevent the spread of uh, you know uh, disease, but they didn't do an exchange. Yeah. So they didn't ask. Typically, yeah, what you get rid do of the old ones. Yeah, what you should, what you're supposed to do if you're responsible uh-huh. is you give them a needle, but you say, "Give me a dirty one back." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They didn't do that. They just gave them a bunch of needles. So all the old ones ended up yeah. in the freaking creek. What the, a smart way to fix that! Just simply doing that. Like well, yeah, here's here's your. Well, that, that's the way they've always done it. Yeah, that's that the way help. they've always done it. But it, it just kept increasing, and like every time I like drove by, it was just like bigger and bigger, and and then finally the community like rallied, and and then uh, the court. Finally, the judge ordered that to be, you know, moved and like, no, we need to break this up and get, you know. And so this took a couple of days of I would drove I drove by and I saw like a lot of uh, sheriffs out there and, and, you know, some moving equipment. But it was just like, oh, my God, like just like so much stuff that was stolen. Yeah. So, you know, you'd like to be like. You know, oh, it's fine. Everything's great. Like they're in their own little thing and they're doing well. Yeah. Well, they were causing a lot of crime and mm-hmm. they were like going to these like adjacent uh, stores and like pissing all over their, uh, you know, their back room and like doing all kinds of crazy shit, like scaring like all these kids that were like in the area, um, you know, trying to like take money from people walking by. And it was like, a, cause they're out of their mind, dude. They're, yeah. they're, they're on drugs and, and, uh, anyways, it was, it was bad. It was bad. And it's like, it's tough because you, I want to have sympathy and empathy, uh, you know, for people that are down and out, but there was a, a designated place for that. Like, when can we like, I'm not going to like enable, like right. there's, a, there's a difference between enabling and then, you know, actually providing help and like, you know, having, having them move on with their life. Like, I just, I, I can't put up with it. That's so I was t- happy. That- That's a tough situation because at some point you're going to be left. So imagine if you have a child who you obviously love and they're uh, they're just not acting they're acting extremely irresponsibly they start doing drugs they start stealing at some point you're left with the decision of cutting the cord at some point you have to say because that's the only way that's the only way you could possibly help them of course the other side of that is they could get even worse but that's the only way you could really help them so it's a tough situation. It's like if you want to help people, you have to ask for a little bit of responsibility back. And the reason why they're not staying in those homeless shelters and the reason why a lot of them don't stay in homeless shelters is they get kicked out yep. for doing drugs because they'll say, you can't do drugs in here. I'm sorry. Because mm-hmm. they ask a little bit of responsibility for the help. And I think that's perfectly fair. What a difficult, difficult situation to be yeah, in. Like, how is. do you handle that? And I don't know where they're going to go either. I just know they, they finally kind of broke it up. And you know who knows? Like I just... You know, I don't, I don't obviously wish any harm to anybody, but like, it, like we can't have that. We can't just like, you know, like have like a crazy, <laughs> like that just like yeah. was, was causing havoc amongst the entire community. Yeah. You know? It's become a big problem in California. I know California has 
I want to say one seventh, maybe the statistics, maybe I'm a little off, one seventh of the nation's homeless people well, live in ha- California. A lot of that has to do with, well, the weather, dude. Yeah. I mean, we're, you, you couldn't be, tough to be homeless in New York City. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, not that there's not people that are, but it's like, man, they talk about struggling winters and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, that's that'll, rough. That'll kill somebody. Where out here, it's like, man, especially like Santa Cruz. You live outdoors. Yeah, Santa Cruz or San Diego. I mean, year round, what do you have? Like one night that hits 50 something? You know, the, yeah. the rest of the year, it's like a nice, cool 60 to 80 degrees year yeah, it's round. It's not bad. Yeah, no, it's not bad at all. Yeah. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from John Wilmoth. Can you discuss strict press versus push press, the benefits of each, and when best to incorporate them into your program? Let's uh, let's first describe the difference between the two. I think this is something that we get this a lot with our programs <clears throat> because we've incorporated both strict press and push press, and a lot of people don't understand the difference between the two of them. Right, mainly just describing like one with a hip hinging effect uh, going at the same time versus like one not. So strict press meaning we're just trying to kind of isolate and press uh, directly from uh, the shoulder. Um, and with a, with a push press, I mean, you're going to get a lot more of that power benefit to it in terms of like accelerating the bar over your head and, and incorporating more of your uh, body involved with that exercise. Yeah, it's a, you're essentially, with a strict press, it's just a, you're just standing, you're doing a military press or seated, but we're, we're going to talk about them as both being standing. And you're just pressing it up with no other body movement or minimal body movement. A push press, it's like you're boosting the weight up uh, using your lower body to give you that initial boost, and then the goal is to push the weight up with explosive power. I feel like this, the exercises, although similar, are different. Yes, one can replace the other, but I tend to program them as different exercises. And really, this is more of a discussion in, in, in terms of ex- the benefits of explosive exercises versus the benefits mm-hmm. of of controlled exercises. Well, right out the gates, I think it's important that you learn the proper mechanics of a strict press before you decide to incorporate a push press. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we, I would say in any explosive movements, I think uh, getting down the proper movement first before you decide to do anything explosive. Because what's going to happen with a push press where you're allowed to use your legs, inevitably you're going to be able to do more weight and you're also uh, at a greater risk because you're doing that. And if you haven't learned to do a good strict press really well, uh, allowing someone to increase their weight and use their lower body, uh, you're putting them at a greater risk. So I will always teach a a strict press first and get them to really understand the mechanics of that and keeping their lower body in a fixed position while they press the bar over their head. Yeah, absolutely. You want to figure out like, uh, you know, how to properly stabilize uh, that weight first and also where your range of motion lies and what kind of mobility you have with that exercise. Um, And, you know, a strict press is going to be one of those. You want to really fine tune that process of, uh, you know, where your your threshold is, where your mobility uh, lies. And then, you know, basically just try as hard as you can to stabilize that process of the joint. So it allows for that 
you know, that strength to, to, to be able to get to that, that ultimate, um, you know, height of that mobility. So, um, with, with the, when you're adding more variables to this, to this process, it's going to create more opportunities for their, um, you know, to be deficiencies in that process. And so, uh, that's why power, I mean, we're always trying to kind of stress power is like, this is something you're working up towards when you have everything working harmoniously together, because now if we include the legs, we include, you know, the hip hinging effect, we're, cre- we're creating more ground forces. You're producing a lot more force intrinsically in order to be able to kind of explosively lift this this weight over your head um so uh you know there's more danger potentially with that a uh, type of a pressing movement so since it's the the strict press is a regression or a prerequisite to the push press when i teach a strict press uh two of the the main cues that i tend to reiterate to the client that i'm teaching one of those being I like them to squeeze their glutes really tight. And so they're squeezing their butt almost as if they're like pressing their their pelvis forward, right? As they press up over their head. So their butt is squeezed, they press the bar over their head, and then they pull their head through the window. Uh, most mm-hmm. common mistakes, two most common mistakes I see uh, when people push press, one of them is the arching of their low back and looking up at the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you finish a strict press or a push press for that matter, when you completely ex- get full extension, that bar should be up above your your head and your, your arms and shoulders should be aligned with your ears and the bar shouldn't be out in front of you. So uh, cueing the glutes to be squeezed will help uh, align the lower body, pulling the head through the window, uh, or which is your two arms, pulling your head through that and making sure the bars above you is a nice way to align your upper body so you have a nice uh, alignment when you when you fully extend. It also is reinforcing the, the prime movers when you get into a push press. So when you get a push press, you have a slight bend in your knee and you use a little legs to help generate that momentum. Well, that momentum comes from the glutes firing forward and exploding you up and then pushing the arms through. So teaching the strict press and exaggerating the squeezing of the butt while they also press over their head, I think has been a staple cue that I teach uh, clients. Yeah, by the way, when you bring your head through the top of the press, you're not looking down. That's a common thing that people do. They go, they try to go or through the window. Or extending your neck yeah, out. You're just, you're just pressing straight over your head, and so you kind of move your head forward to do that. The two places people hurt themselves on a push press typically – or their lower back. Adam addressed that. Squeeze the glutes. Brace your core. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a second place that people hurt themselves with push press. Their shoulders. Now, why? Part of the reason why is when people do their strict overhead presses, they don't bring the bar all the way down to their upper chest. So they tend to stop right below their chin or worse at eye or nose level when they're doing a strict press. And then they go and they try to do a push press and they bring the bar down trying to suspend it under their chin or at their nose, and then they do this boost. And what ends up happening with the boost is the bar drops down lower while they're doing the boost, hurts their shoulder. It's creating a lot more forces there for you to eccentrically kind of load. You You have to be able to, before you can do a good push press, you have to be able to brace your body with the bar sitting on your upper chest. Otherwise, a push press becomes def- uh, becomes dangerous. So you should feel comfortable with the bar sitting on your upper chest with your elbows underneath, nice tight form. You should feel comfortable there before you even attempt a push press. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I like about a push press. It builds a lot of strength and a lot of muscle. Yeah. I can progress yep. my weight on a push press faster than I can with a strict overhead press. And I notice big muscle gains 
with a push press, uh, maybe even more so than I do with a strict press, probably because I'm activating my central nervous system more fully. I'm using my whole body. I also see a lot of carryover from the push press to sports. So if you're an athlete, um, and of course, again, those pre re prerequisites are met, you have good positioning, good form, good stability, you can rest the bar on your chest with good balance, your core is tight, no low back problems, you can pull your head through, you got everything right, the push press is going to make you more effective on the field in comparison to a strict press because sports are never, really never with these controlled kind of movements. It's typically explosive. Yeah. And this more closely mimics that. Well, what I love about like how it compartmentalizes like one movement that's like very explosive. And so it's like, it helps you to really like narrow down that process of control. And so on the field, you're moving explosively and you're trying to react uh, in so many different directions. A, a lot of times where um, the, the training process, and this is why I really like, um, you know, the, the, the actual training that goes into uh, specific sports, because <clears throat> the most of the process that we're, we're trying to we're really trying to refine has to do with like decelerating and being able to control like all these like maximal force outputs that you're putting out. But now how do I safely and, and, and bring it back under control and slow down that process and, and bring myself back into composure. And so like just, just isolating now a press and being able to move that as explosively as possible and then, you know, bring it back under control. Like that's something that if I nail that down, now I can work on another, oh, yeah. uh, you know, movement that, <clears throat> that I can work under control. And it's like, I can, I can start building upon these skills, which then now, you know, helps me with the overall because sports itself, it's a really complicated process. Like it's, there's so many explosive moving parts, uh, that are continuously happening on the field and, you know, or wherever you are, if you're in basketball and you're, you know, playing a game, like you're jumping all the time, you're, you're slowing down, you're cutting, you're moving. And so like to be able like to not work on train on moving explosively is, you know, to your detriment. Right, right. And just a side note, one thing about the overhead press, whether you do a strict press or push press, if you do it right, a lot of people don't realize this, but it really does a good job of developing the upper back too. It's not just a shoulder right. exercise. That uh, that top position of the press is really good for posture, if you do it right, and good for the musculature uh, of the of the upper back. Um, here's the other thing too with, uh, with the push press. Um, I don't like to push my sets as hard with a push press as I would with a strict press. Now, here's what I mean by that. With a push press, a little bit of speed is involved. There's a, there's a, there's explosiveness involved. And like all explosive movements, you want to be able to train them for their explosivity. And that doesn't happen when I train all the way to fatigue. So I will take a strict press to one or two reps before failure. But a push press, I may stop four or five reps before failure because what I'm training a push press for is explosive power. And so I'm practicing that power. So what I'm doing is I'm going and I'm getting into my position and then boom, I, dr I drive it up and then I bring it back down. And then boom. And then when I notice I lose that, that explosiveness, when I lose that pop, I stop the set, mm -hmm. I rest, and then I do it again. So these exercises should be treated differently in that regard as well. I like to consider these as two almost two different exercises. Now, if you want to do them both in the same workout, which you can do, um, I would go push press first 
and then I would uh, do the strict press afterwards. That would probably be the better better combination. I don't think the other way around would work quite as well. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Eat Pretty Food. When trying to lose fat, is progressive overload important, or is a caloric deficit the only thing that really matters? Oh, that's a good question. You know, it is a good question because this comes from I think a lot of the social media stuff that's always talking about everything is a calorie deficit when it comes to fat loss. It's all that matters. All that matters is calories in yeah. versus calories out. But, uh, and, and there's truth to that, that absolutely that it calories in calories out and law of thermodynamics yeah, has to happen, right. has to happen. But that doesn't mean that progressive overload is not an, an important process when it comes to building muscle or, uh, assisting you in, in losing body fat. No, when you're, here's what happens when, when, when your body is at a calorie caloric deficit, in other words, you're taking in less calories than you're burning, your body will do one of two things or both. It'll burn the stored energy that it has. Uh, so body fat, that's what you want. Or it will pair its own muscle down to become more efficient so that you burn less calories to make up the difference. Oftentimes it's both. In fact, studies show that when people just diet, in other words, they just have a caloric deficit and they lose, let's say, 10 pounds, about half of that weight is muscle. Now, what does that end up turning into? A slower metabolism. This is why when people just diet, they lose weight uh, half of it being muscle, and then it becomes harder and harder for them to continue to lose weight. And then it becomes very difficult to keep it off because now they're only consuming, you know, a thousand less calories than they were before just to maintain their body weight. So I would say that progressive overload or lifting weights and getting stronger is just as important because otherwise you're shooting yourself in the foot. If you can get stronger or at least, at the very least, tell your body to preserve muscle while you're at a caloric mm -hmm. deficit. That's going to make all the difference in the world. This is this is the difference between burning body fat and burning body fat and burning muscle. That's the big difference between the two. Well, this is also the difference too of like when we look at studies by themselves versus like t taking context and why context matters. And we always talk about that because in a in just a, a study that's designed for fat loss. Uh, absolutely the main thing that matters is the caloric deficit, but there's other factors like you're just saying right mm -hmm. now. You make your your life much easier if you're also building muscle during this time too because then you have the automatic burn that's going to assist in the fat loss versus what you're just referring to is that you keep losing, 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 and you do lose some muscle and pair that down. The metabolism is inevitably slowing down also. So if your ultimate goal is to burn body fat, then you're only going to help yourself out by getting stronger and building more muscle. Yeah, here, here's a here's a magic scenario. It's very difficult to do, but I've I've seen it happen before, and I've done it with clients. The here's unicorn. a magic scenario. Yeah, you 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 reduce your calories, and your body responds by burning body fat, and you speed up your metabolism. Holy yeah. cow! And I've I've seen this. I've had clients where we're cutting their calories, and I actually have to start bumping their calories because they start losing weight too fast, mm. and they continue to lose weight. This is because we're building muscle. We're telling mm -hmm. the body, hey, we need this muscle. We need strength. Don't slow down your burn, even though you're taking in less and less calories. If you cut that out, what you're going to be left with is uh, a slow metabolism, a metabolism that starts to adapt in a way that makes it very difficult. So a 500, here's what ends up happening. Let's say you start at a 500-calorie deficit. Okay, In other words, you're eating 500 less calories then you're burning. Eventually, even though you're eating the same amount of food, that 500 calorie deficit becomes a 200 calorie deficit. Then it becomes a 100 calorie deficit. Then it becomes maintenance. Now you're left with 10 pounds down on the scale, five pounds of it being muscle, and now you're stuck. 
What do you do now? Drop even more? At some point, you get down to zero. And before that, you get to a point where you can't even handle anymore because it's too little food. This is why training matters. I mean, this is why that needs to be in the conversation. Like to be able to preserve muscle, we got to train a specific way that's going to promote strength and, and it's going to preserve that muscle, even if it's not building because you're not replenishing uh, this with all of the calories like you would normally consume. Um, it, it versus, okay, what's the other scenario, right? Versus like, uh, I'm just going to like, I'm going to circuit train. I'm going to do things more uh, based off of like cardiovascular output. Uh, you know, you're going to have a totally different uh, uh, result uh, with that style of training in combination with, you know, lowering your calorie yeah, intake. No, trying to get stronger and build muscle is just as important for the person interested in fat loss as it is for the person who's interested in just trying to build muscle and get stronger. No joke. So you have people, two people with completely different goals. Person one, Hey, man, I just want to lose 30 pounds of body fat. Person two, I want to get stronger and build more muscle. Guess what? They're both, it's equally important that both of them try to build muscle. The other, for one person, it's because that's their goal, obviously. For the other person, it's so that we can keep the fat loss happening. It's so that we can keep your, your fat loss all the way until you get down to that 30 pounds and keep your calories at a point where it's totally sustainable. So it's just as important, and I wish this was in the conversation more because it usually isn't in weight loss no. circles. They don't talk about this, but if you don't do this, good luck. I tell you what, you're, you're going to oh, have a tough time. You're there's be- plenty of methods to just burn calories. I mean, that that's like that's the easiest part of training is to figure out how many calories I can burn just by rigorously moving. Uh, you know, this is the part of it that we need to bring in. If you are desiring a physique that also has muscle and is is lean and body fat, and sustainable, yeah. it's sustainable. In fact, oftentimes what I would do with clients who were in this situation is, I when they start to cut calories, I would put them in a strength phase. Mm-hmm. I would actually prioritize strength uh, yeah. in their training more than almost anything else, just to prevent the the inevitable metabolic slowdown. That happens from a calorie deficit. Remember, your body's always trying to survive. It always wants to be more efficient. So if you're eating less calories, your body's got to figure something out. While it's burning its 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 insurance policy, which is body fat, it's thinking to itself, we gotta make up the difference. Like yeah. we can't keep at this anymore. You know, th- th- this person's only eating 1,500 calories. We're burning 200 cal- 2,000 calories. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna burn 1,500 calories. That way we're back at balance again and maybe even burn less than 1,500 calories so we can so we can pack on a little bit more body fat. So what you do is you throw another signal at it and the signal says, we need to get stronger. So now your body's like, okay, I know we're eating a little bit of calories, but we got this, this strength building signal that's being sent to us that we need muscle. So at the very least, we're not going to get rid of any muscle. Sometimes we actually build muscle. And this is where you see, mm. with, and this is more common in beginners, but this is where sometimes you see I'll I'll have a client come in and and they'll you know will be three months into a program and this is a person who wants to lose 15 pounds and three months later they've lost six pounds but then I'll do a body fat test and I'll be like well you actually lost 10 pounds because you gained four pounds of muscle while losing 10 pounds of body fat what a great position to be in and the only way you can be in that position is if you give your body a reason and that's progressive overload. Next question is from like a stranger. You guys talk about running a lot but what about walking? What are some pointers you can give to walk correctly and some signs that you are walking incorrectly? Well, one sign that you're walking incorrectly is if you have aches and pains. If your low back starts to bother you. This is common. This was actually common for me. 
Um, I, I've talked about uh, my issues before with my low back, uh, way back before I was addressing a lot of my mobility, my ankle mobility and my hip mobility. Mm. Um, I, if I walked for a long period of time or I stood still for a long period of time, my low back would just be on fire. So <clears throat> first, first signs that you're walking incorrectly are, you know, aches and pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people will notice uh, the inside of their knee is really common because a lot of people uh, pronate and that causes the femur to internally rotate and just kind of th- throws your knees caving in. And so a lot of people will notice like stress on the inside of their knee or outside of their knee because their IT is tight. So, you know, knee pain, hip pain, low back pain, these are all common areas uh, that you could be tight, and it's probably because you're walking incorrectly. You have a lack of mobility in your hips or your ankle, which is causing a lot of that. So that's the first thing. Um, and walking correctly, God, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we're ever there, right? I'm I'm always trying to be very uh, mindful when I, when I'm walking and paying attention to even my my own gait. You know. Well, I think yeah, you bringing that up, like in terms of it being an assessment, like that's something that I've always used. Uh, just watching somebody walk, uh, you know, maybe it's like 20 yards and then coming back. It's so revealing. It's, it's just revealing because you're, we're asking you now to do something that, uh, is natural to you on a daily basis. Like this is how you move and you can see right away where your body just, you don't see it personally because you don't watch yourself, but having somebody else kind of look at, uh, you know, some, some, some things that are happening with uh, your your posture and your gait and everything else that's where the compensations lie, where the imbalances lie. Um, you can then address that with your mobility practices and, and build uh, a better movement pattern. And, and, and that will in turn, uh, you, you know, then cross over into your actual walking will improve. Mm. Yeah. I, here's why I like walking so much because this one, that's the one form of activity that I recommend to everybody do a lot of. Here's why I like it so much. Of all of the physical pursuits that we do uh, as modern humans, there's the there's one that we still do, um, and that's walk. So like if I tell somebody to throw something or run or jump, I'm going to have a lot of people do things really, really bad and really, really wrong. But at least we've all been walking. At least, and maybe not that much, but at least we've all been walking. The biggest problems are people who walk a lot wearing heels or wearing funny shoes. That's where you get a lot of the problems. But walking is probably general. And this is, this is general because there's individual variances here. Generally speaking, walking's about the safest form of activity that you can ask almost anybody to do on a regular basis. Again, because we, we've been practicing it. Uh, we still practice it till this day. The only thing we do better than walking in modern societies is sitting. Um, but, but we still walk. So I tell people to walk all the time. And if you hurt then start to pay attention while you hurt, work on, work on your foot, ankle mobility, hip mobility, strength training takes care of uh, a lot of these issues. Um, but yeah, go for it. Look, if you're, if you're somebody that wants to burn more calories and you're thinking about running, I'd say, you know what, instead of run, just walk more. It makes, it makes a better difference because, again, we, we tend to do that uh, a little bit better. And the way I like to do it, and here's where you get a lot of the problems with walking. So when people start to walk a lot and they start to have issues with walking, it usually comes from uh, singular long bouts of walking. It's usually not because the person's walking throughout the day. So what I mean by that is you can either say, okay, I want to I have 15,000 steps a day and try and hit most of that in one, two, or three-hour walking session – or you could try to walk more throughout the whole day. 
walking all at once, the risk of injury and the risk of pain is much higher. Because as you start to fatigue, you start to move differently. Um, you start to move in ways that are not optimal. Walking throughout the day, that doesn't happen as much. And so I'll tell people to have more practices that include walking throughout the whole day. So park farther from work, take the stairs, um, take your phone, put it far away from you. So every time you want to check your phone, you have to get up and walk to it. It sounds silly, but when you add it all up throughout the entire day, and you could try this yourself, get yourself a step counter and start paying attention to these things. Like, okay, I'm not going to take the elevator. I'm going to park at the end of the parking lot. Um, for lunch, I'm going to walk to the place instead of drive to the place. And then start paying attention and counting your steps. And you'd be surprised at how big of a difference it makes in terms of your total steps uh, taken throughout the day. Well, something I also noticed too when I was training people, um, when we would when we would go down and we do like a down like a, a, a what do they call those a bird dog and something like that where we're working on like left to right movement and like coordinating your right arm with your left leg, your left arm with your right leg. Um, you know, there was a deficiency there. There was this, this cross-sectional firing wasn't really optimal. And so that was something like if, like I was to narrow it down to a few exercises where we're doing crawling patterns or we're doing these types of movements where you're trying to, you're trying to coordinate, uh, you know, small steps in that direction. Uh, that's something that you could work on because of that that anti-rotation rotation relationship where we're, we're trying to walk with that minimal rotation, uh, but also like have that communication open line like that. It's an open line between uh, both sides like that. So uh, I just I I saw that a lot like when I was training clients is there's a, there's a deficiency there in in that movement process. Yeah, the whole body's involved in walking. By the way, so you could have issues with your posture and that could cause problems with walking. I know people who will get tired in their mid-back, not even their low back, they'll get mid-back uh, tightness or tightness in their neck because of the way they're holding their, their shoulders. So there isn't one like specific area I can tell you to focus on. I guess the most common ones are your foot ankle mobility, hip mobility, and core stability, core stability. would be the mo more common ones. Well, if you're walking and you don't have any, any pain, right? If you feel good, if you can go for you know, five, 10,000 steps and, and not feel any uh, aches or pains, you're probably in a, in a, a better position than most. Um, and, you know, we wrote guides for this and we wrote programs for this. This is, if I, if I had somebody who's like, Adam, every time I go for a walk longer than 20 minutes, my knees or my back or my ankles or my upper back or my neck all starts hurting, I would, I would push them over into our MAPS Prime Pro program. I would say go through there and start addressing uh, the joints that are closest to that area. So if I got knee pain, I'm going to point them in the direction of ankle and hips. And I'm going to tell them to address hip and ankle mobility before they go for their walks and start to make that a, a habit and a routine before you do this. So like I, what Sal's alluding to right now is it's really hard to, there's so many things that could throw the gate off. I mean, Justin's talking about anti-rotational stuff. I'm talking about ankle and hip mobility. Sal's talking about the forward head and the upper cross. I mean, all this stuff. Lots a, involved with the kinetic chain. Yeah, there is a ton. And when you and like Sal said, when you're walking, it's the entire body. So all of it affects uh, each other. So the, the real answer is if you can walk, you should walk. We encourage walking. In fact, we encourage walking over running. And so I always promote more steps through as we progress through somebody's program. But if you're noticing aches and you're noticing pains, which is common, 
then one of the best things you can invest in is MAPS Prime Pro, and then to start addressing the major joints in the body and working on mobilizing them before you go for your walk and watch and pay attention to how much it improves it. Next question is from Megan Moraga. I have a client who complained to my boss that my workouts are slow. She's used to boot camp style classes. Mm -hmm. My boss and other trainers said I should just kill her with circuits every time. I tried explaining the importance of rest periods, but no one listened. What should I do? <laughs> All right, well. Stick to your guns. I remember this, too, as a trainer. Uh, it's a tough position to be in because you have your integrity. You know what you the client should be doing, but then you have the client who's saying, this is what I want, and they're a paying customer. And so your boss is like, give her what she wants. She's paying you to, to train her. Here's where be, being an exceptional trainer comes into play. Your goal is to make your client think she wants the slower workouts. Right. That's your goal. Your goal is not to tell her it's my way or the highway, but to r rather convince her that the workouts that you're doing are the ones that she really wants to do. Now, how do you do this? You got to be able to communicate this uh, very effectively. Um, worst case scenario, you might you can tell her, I might not be the trainer for you. And you can tell your boss, look, I, you know, I don't want to hurt this person. This is the wrong kind of workouts. Maybe she could work with someone else. But best case scenario is you explain this to her. I had a, I had client, I had many clients like this that would come to me and, and they'd tell me, I didn't get sore last time. And, you know, my, my, I'm not, uh, I, I want to work out harder. And so I'd explain to them, look, we could do things the wrong way or we can do them the right way. Let me explain why this is the right way. And if you trust me now, I'll never have to ask you for your trust again. And I would explain it. And I'll explain that the process of working on mobility and stability, how we're setting the stage for future success, how the long process is not as long as people think. That's the thing, too. Sometimes I say, you know, doing it the right way might take a little bit longer. People are like, well, I don't have five years to wait. Okay, look, it's not going to take five years. It might take a couple months longer at most for most people, but your results will be far more permanent. And doing it the wrong way may actually prevent you from getting to your goals. Like if this is somebody who's overstressed, overworked, not getting enough sleep, and they want the beat, beat up, beat down type workouts, that may actually be what's preventing their bodies for, from progressing. This is the angle that I tend to take. So uh, opposed spending so much time proving why the way I want to train you is the better way, I spend more time uh, enlightening you on why training that way could be so detrimental. So instead of like me trying to sell you on why us slowing down and, and long rest periods, why that's so good, I'm constantly explaining all the pitfalls that come with you know, training high intensity and circuit based type classes and the type of person that is. And if you're good and if you're an effective communicator, you know your client, you, you kind of know the, the hot buttons for them, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I know I have this client who's sitting in front of me and I know she's a high performer, she's an executive at some company, I know she works 16 hour days, like I'm going to speak to her, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it in a general sense and, and like this. I'm going to say things like, Clients that I get that are attracted to the boot camp mentality are typically my type A personalities. It's because they love that. They love that push. They love that drive. They love the way they feel afterwards. Well, the thing is, they don't know why they love it, though. The reason why they love it is because the spike of cortisol. We call these cortisol junkies, and these are the reasons why this isn't good for their bodies. So I'm talking about her, but I'm doing it in, in general uh, in general ways, so it doesn't feel like I'm attacking her. But in a way, I'm going to kind of 
make her scared to want to train that way and enlighten her on the pitfalls that come with training this way and then explain to her that those types of people are far better off training in the way like this and then explaining what Sal was about to explain, which is all the benefits of doing the straight sets and the and the, the long rest periods and building muscle and strength and trying to rebuild the metabolism. So this really falls on. And here's the thing. When you're a, when you're a young early trainer, it's really easy for us to sit here in our ivory tower and talk about, mm-hmm. you know, making this saying this conversation. I get it. I know why it's hard. It was hard for me too, especially in the first five years when I didn't have the words, I didn't have the vocabulary. Uh, I didn't have the experience to explain it to them really well. So I, I get the challenge and this can be extremely challenging when you're trying to juggle, Hey, I'm trying to build a business here. I need clients. I got to kind I'm also in a service-based business. So I have to kind of give them what they want. So like Sal said, your goal is to, to lead them to want that for you. Like, and that you should take that on as a challenge yourself, instead of getting in an argument or a fight with your boss or your client or getting in a battle, I'm challenging myself as a trainer. How can I be a better communicator to get this person to want that? It's like, I always talk about the difference between a good closer and a great closer, a good closer. Sure. You can overcome all the objections, make her feel stupid and push her into a cell or push her into the right way training. But a great closer, a great trainer can pull her into that by asking the right questions and explaining the right information to her. That should be your goal is educating yourself on all the pitfalls that come with this way of training. So she hears all that and she goes, oh shit, no, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to train that way. If you're telling me training this way, this way, this way equals this, oh, that doesn't line, that doesn't align with my goals. Like, oh, okay, well tell me what I should yeah. do instead. I, explain how the body adapts and it adapts to the type of workouts that you're doing and, and explain the signals that you're sending to the body. And if this person has too much stress, not getting enough sleep, and it's inappropriate to train them with these uh, super high intensity boot type uh, boot camp type classes and circuits, then what you'll say to her is, "Look, uh, throwing more high intensity stress at your body is going to make it want to hold on to more body fat." Yeah, because your your the the you know our bodies evolved where if we were under lots and lots of stress. Uh, you know, body fat is like a safety mechanism. It's an insurance. And so your body's going to want to keep that body fat. It's going to make it that much harder to burn that body fat. Uh, you know, I remember, gosh, when I when I first started training, this was hard for me. First, the first thing I used to do is I would just give them what they wanted. So I remember clients would come to me when I first became a trainer and they'd tell me, I like these kind of workouts this is what I want. And then that's what I would do. Later on, when I started learning like, oh, wait a minute, maybe this person should be doing something different. There was another tactic I used, which was almost just as bad where the client would tell me, I want a hard workout, I want a hard workout. And I'd be like, all right, I'll show you a hard workout. <laughs> and I'd make them punish, yeah, punish them for it. Yeah, and I'd beat the crap out of them yeah. so bad that they would wish that they'd never had a hard workout again. Yeah. That was another terrible strategy. I don't recommend you do that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I went down that same path for a while too and, and kind of worked my way through that. But really just, I, I found highlighting myself as an example because it was like, it was something I was guilty of. Um, really always seeking the higher intensity style workouts and getting something where I felt like I just got beat up, you know, within that session. And that was something that uh, drove me in my workouts. It was like a punishing type of mentality. And so this is something I tried to communicate to all my clients that had that same sort of drive. uh, And they came in that with that same kind of energy into the workouts and, you know, 
at some point I hit a wall, I hit a wall, I plateaued completely. And, and, you know, now my progress completely went the other direction. And so it's like, you got, you got to, we can prevent this, you know, and you kind of come in with that sort of foot where it's like, I can prevent this and learn, you know, teach you what I've learned that works the best, uh, you know, for what you're trying to achieve. And this is, this is what that looks like. It doesn't look like what you'd think. Yeah. I had this one guy years, a long time ago who just, I'm not sore. I want to work out harder. I'm not sore. I want to work out harder. And he complained to my manager. This was obviously, gosh, this is over 20 years ago. And so I remember I got irritated and I said, okay, I'll take you through a hard workout. And I, he threw up 30 minutes into the workout. He went and threw up and I was so satisfied with myself. Like, ah, that's what, yeah, gotcha. that's what you wanted. Yeah, that's what you get. And now you're not going to ask for a hard workout. Yeah. Terrible strategy. It's <laughs> best yeah, strategy. A terrible strategy. I, I don't, I don't I, recommend I the doing the same thing. Don't yeah. Worry. I mean, you know, let them know like, Hey, look, I know you like these workouts, but they're not going to get you to your, your, your goals. They're not going to get your results. Nope. You're not going to burn body fat as effectively. Definitely not going to build muscle as effectively. Let's do this the right way so that you can get the goals that you want. And eventually when you get to those goals, you can throw in some of those hard workouts and they're not going to be so detrimental. But at this point right now, it's the exact opposite of what you should be doing. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download any of our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. Justin is at mindpumpjustin. You can find me at mindpumpsal. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>